Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the night to be much observed. I hope you're having a meaningful and encouraging evening. And welcome to those of you who are keeping this night for the first time. As we gather on this night, it's good to ask the question, why do we keep the night to be observed? Well, it comes from the Israelites coming out of Egypt. This night symbolizes our leaving Egypt just as the Israelites left Egypt. On this night, by night, as we find in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 37. Then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkoth, about 600,000 men on foot besides children. A mixed multitude went up with them also, and flocks and herds, a great deal of livestock. And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they had brought out of Egypt. For it was not leavened, because they were driven out of Egypt and could not wait, nor had they prepared provisions for themselves. So this was the nation of Israel coming out of Egypt after being enslaved. You can imagine what an exciting and joyful evening This was for them after all they had been through. Verse 40. Now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. First of all, let's ask the question, did the children of Israel stay in Egypt specifically 430 years? Well, that's the assumption. But if we read carefully, it doesn't say that. We just read the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. It doesn't say they sojourned in Egypt 430 years. And if we compare that with Exodus chapter 6, which lists some of the genealogies, it lists in particular uh, Levi and then his son Kohath, and then Kohath's son Amram, who then had Moses and Aaron. So it really is only about four generations, including Levi, So it certainly seems to be a lot shorter than 430 years. Paul also gives us another part of the answer in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 17. He says, And this I say that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. In other words, he's saying the law that was given at Mount Sinai was 430 years after a covenant, and that covenant is clearly referring to God's covenant promise to Abraham and while he was still in Canaan. And so that's 430 years, and that's it essentially in a nutshell. This is also uh, mentioned in our Bible study course in the 1 through 4 combined lesson. I think it's in the second part under the heading, uh, God's 7,000-year plan, if you'd like to look it up. Going on in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 41. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, on that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. Verse 42. It is a night of solemn observance to the Lord for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. This is that night of the Lord, a solemn observance for all the children of Israel throughout their generations. This was a great event, the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. And it's interesting that Deuteronomy 16.1 specifically says they came out of Egypt by night. So they left Egypt during this period at night. Verse 43. 
Now, why do we call this night the night to be observed? Well, that's the language that it used in the in the English version we're reading. Uh, but the word for observe simply means a watching, a vigil. And God kept watch over them. He protected them. He guided them as they were coming out of Egypt. And thus, we should take note of it as well. Because by extension, we, we should be watchful and alert and awake. And isn't it fitting and ironic that just as many have forgotten to keep the Sabbath, when the Sabbath command is to remember the Sabbath day, some in our day who've walked away from the truth have forgotten to keep the holy days. And the first day of unleavened bread starts with this night, the night of observation, or the night of observing, or watching, or keeping vigil, or keeping alert. Brethren, we are coming out of Egypt, and we need to be alert to what God is doing as we continue on our journey. The Passover was last night, and tonight is the night to be observed. And that's the same way it happened in Egypt. They kept the Passover in the evening, and then the next evening they left Egypt by night. Two very different evenings and two very different observances. As we observe this night and we think about our journey out of our past, our sins, our former life, I think one of the great themes for us to think about tonight is gratitude. Certainly one of the great sins of our time is the sin of ingratitude. What are we grateful for as we gather as God's people tonight? Well, certainly we're grateful for our calling. We're grateful for God's truth. We're grateful for the friends and brethren we fellowship with, even tonight. We're grateful for the holy days themselves that we're beginning and the wonderful plan that they reveal. We're grateful for the chance to be a part of God's work of warning this world. And we have new people attending with us for the first time this year. And again, welcome to anyone who is keeping this night for the very first time. How many more will God call into his work and his church before Christ returns? What a marvelous thing it is that we can be tools in God's hands in that process. We're grateful for life and breath, for every day is a gift. And we're even grateful for trials, not because we want the trial, but because we understand that God is teaching us and shaping us through tests and through trials. And some of you have gone through very difficult trials in the last year. But God hasn't given up on you, just as he didn't give up on the Israelites, though they experienced hardship. There was a day when they were released from that bondage. You know, we're grateful for God's laws and his commandments and his Holy Spirit, and that he shows us how to understand his laws and how they can bring blessings into our life. And they do bring blessings into our life when we follow what he says. We're grateful for God's compassion and mercy and forgiveness. Perhaps this most of all, because all of us have sinned. All of us have come short of God's perfect and holy law, and we need a Savior. God and Christ are merciful and patient. How grateful are we for that? You know, there are so many things to be thankful for and grateful for as we gather together on this special night, a night of observations, a night when God is watching over us, keeping an eye out for us, and we need that more than ever. Perhaps this is a good time to even talk to one another about 
our calling and what we're grateful for and thankful for, especially how God has delivered us from spiritual Egypt. That's very inspiring to share on this special night. In Psalm 78, there's a summary of the sojournings of Israel. It's rather sobering, actually. It starts in verse 12, at least the section I'll read. Marvelous things he did in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and he made the waters stand up like a heap. So he outlines the miracles and wonders that God did in bringing them out. And, and this, this night was the beginning point. They were celebrating. They were happy. But somewhere along the way, they forgot to be grateful and thankful to him. Going on, verse 18. They tested God in their heart by asking for the food of their fancy. Yes, they spoke against God. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? You know, we're enjoying a wonderful meal together tonight. Could we ever get to the point where we doubt God can provide for us because we go through trials and tests? In verse 40, going on, he says, How often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy, when he worked his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zoan. The rest of the chapter explains how unfaithful they were. If you're looking for something to read in the next few days, read the whole chapter. It's a powerful witness to us to not limit God and not be unfaithful to God and never forget to keep our eyes on him and be thankful for what he's doing for us. You know, when we approach God, it's easy to just have a laundry list of, I want this and I need that. And we should ask God for help for our needs as his children. But brethren, when we make our request to God, let's be sure to at least first tell him how thankful and grateful we are to him for the things he's already doing for us. Especially for being our God and sending his son and calling us at this time. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Brethren, we are observing this night to be much observed. If we are alert and watchful and discerning, we're going to have eyes to see the miracles that God is working in our lives and has worked in our lives, even to bring us to this point. And we're not going to be forgetful to be thankful and grateful to Him and to our Savior and how patient and loving and kind and generous they have been to us, and certainly the wonderful inheritance that is awaiting us at the end of our journey. So let's be thankful and grateful this night, this night to be much observed, and as we share that joy with one another, let's remember this also is the beginning of the Holy Day. We'll observe tomorrow. So have a wonderful evening and a fulfilling and meaningful Feast of Unleavened Bread.